Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Even when the other person is being completely displeasing, my rule to my kids is never let somebody else's bad behavior determine yours. And it's my rule to my clients too, because I could really stoop low when I'm dealing with somebody who's disordered and angry. And But why? Why would you want to stoop yeah. low? You're giving your power away. And when you say, this is who I want to be going through the divorce, going through the co-parenting. This is who I want my children to see me being. This is who I want to teach my children to be. This level of grace and dignity and mercy and respect and kindness, regardless of what's thrown at me. So I can always be kind, no matter how unkind you are. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now, your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome to this week's episode. It's part two with Karen McMahon, High Conflict Parenting, Become a Badass at Setting Boundaries. Stay tuned. It's a great one. If you set a boundary and somebody doesn't respect it, I uphold my boundary because I put my ex on do not disturb, so I'm not pinged. I open emails and then I don't read them because they're abusive. I communicate just the facts. I keep my opinions to myself. I keep my side of the street clean and my boundary is upheld. And so it's like a Star Trek force field. It's really quite This is, yeah. This is so, so good. There's, I kind of want to delve in a little bit because I love, I just want to say that what I really loved about you is when you got those 138 texts, I kind of had a little empathy for that little rat who was sending them. You did. You're like, wow, too bad. He must've had a really bad night. That puts you in such a different, you're not on the defense. You're, I mean, that's a huge gift. If you can have that empathy for that person in that way, and maybe it didn't feel like empathy to you, but when you said it, I grabbed onto that. And Karen, this is, this is a tool that is so helpful. And I do have a question because I know in my head, even, okay, so if someone's sending me something telling me how awful I am from the other parent, right? Like you were saying, and how you said you put it in a folder. And then every now and then you'll say, I'm seeing that this is directed at me in a negative way. If you have something important to tell me about the children, please do. What about if you set up an automatic response? Like just put in your notes, write a nice email and say, dear co-parent, I did receive your email. And I saw that you were saying some nasty things or whatever, you know, about me. I'm not going to read this because of that, but I really want to know if there's something about the kids that's important that you want to tell me and don't even just have it automatically go. So you copy and paste. You don't have to put a lot of thought into it. That way that alleviates your little fear of, ooh, if this goes to court, they're going to think I was ignoring him. You're not. 
You're just ignoring his behavior. So it takes a little more work. But what do you think about that idea? I think it's brilliant. And I think to type out something, less is always more, one or two sentences. Mm -hmm. I leave things in my draft folder so I can just grab it and copy and then paste it. And so that's what I think you're suggesting. I wouldn't have it automatically respond because they might be nasty. But I think that 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 does, that makes it even easier. And, And you can see here how it's like, you're going to feel like you have more and more agency because I think one of the things that happens and certainly in the high conflict situations is she has all this power, he has all this power. And then you like play into that. And the truth is we give them so much power Mm -hmm. and it's like, stop giving your power away. And if you aren't a boundary badass, you need to learn. We do have a I think we have one coming up next month. We do once a month, I do a five-day boundary challenge just to give people some basic tools and scripts and understanding. Because for those of us who have come from boundaryless households, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would say that in the context of co-parenting, having healthy boundaries and being able to communicate. And I love the way you just communicated. It's like, Even when the other person is being completely displeasing, my rule to my kids is never let somebody else's bad behavior determine yours. And it's my rule to my clients too, because I could really stoop low when I'm dealing with somebody who's disordered and angry. And But why? Why would you want to stoop low? You're giving your power away. And when you say, this is who I want to be going through the divorce, going through the co-parenting. This is who I want my children to see me being. This is who I want to teach my children to be. This level of grace and dignity and mercy and respect and kindness, regardless of what's thrown at me. So I can always be kind, no matter how unkind you are. I can always choose kindness. Mm-hmm. I can always choose grace And what that does is it levitates our emotional energy back to emotional energy. We're going to feel better and better about ourselves. We're going to live more in compassion, peace, and joy instead of victim conflict and aggravation. And so the kids feel it and see it. And to your point, I had one situation where my ex-husband used to call in the early, the first five or six years it was my monthly extortion check with like such venom. He would talk about my monthly extortion check. And this is me owning my own stuff. I had a lot of financial scarcity in my background and, and I needed the money and I didn't have it. And so I blamed him for all of my financial angst. And the truth was my financial angst predated the marriage. He may have been salt on the wound, but it predated the marriage. And one time I wrote to him and I said, I know that things are tight for you as well. And he hadn't paid me. There were times where he was eight to 10 months behind. And I said, I'm struggling and anything that you could give to help me help the kids would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for considering it. I got back and we continue to have a not great relationship. And this was a lot of hard work. I got back this response from him, which was, no, no, no. Thank you for being so patient. I can send you maybe a quarter, maybe half of one month, whatever he said. I can send that to you. I'll drop it off at the house this afternoon. I appreciate your patience. And I was like, son of a gun. Look at that. Isn't that crazy? 
he came back as this softer version. Now, it's not like that changed for forever, but we do have the opportunity at every point to choose kindness and to be the stand, be the person we want to be in the world. And Karen, I can't help but think what a beautiful lesson and opportunity that is for your children to see you do that. What a great lesson. It's even a lesson for your ex. You're even, your light is shining on all of them. And I think as I'm sitting here too, I think about another fear that parents have is, you know, there's a lot of times one parent who really wants to do it well and co-parent and the other parent doesn't. And what do you do then? And I had, there was an expert, I can't remember who, but she kind of alleviated that fear by saying, you want to know what? If you've got one, if 50% of the time you're with one really high functioning parent, you got it. You're good. What do you say to that? I completely agree. And what happens if so when it's parallel parenting, what happens in the other parent's household is not your business. You have no agency there. You have no rights or saying unless it's abusive. And so, you know, let them eat Cracker Jacks for dinner and stay up late gaming. And even they may go to school. I always tried to have Thursday nights so that the kids could study for exams because Friday was a big test day. And I knew that that didn't happen at dad's. And so you can think about those things and prepare for them. And then as your children get older, a lot of times I would sit down, especially my son who would game, and we would talk about his grades and his choices. And he's like, well, I could do that at dad's. And I was like, yeah, you can, but does it serve you? And what happens? And it's a, look, it's a tough conversation to have. A teenager might be like, yeah, it serves me just fine. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) But the more we have these conversations, like for me, Growing my children's emotional intelligence, because I truly feel like I didn't grow mine until I was in my 40s and going through my divorce. I And and I appreciate your compliment. To everyone listening, hot mess. I was the worst. I was the ugliest. I was the most reactive. <laughs> I was a rageaholic. I was the poster girl for what not to be going through a divorce. I don't want anyone to think that I'm all that. I have just worked really, really hard. And it has been such a beautiful transformation that I'm so passionate about kind of paying it forward and sharing it. But my kids, there were so many times, if I could put another situation on the table where they would come back and they would be really upset with dad or what happened over there, you know, and that's just such a danger zone because if you're already mad at the co-parent, it's like, boy, can't you jump into that sandbox with both feet and just go at it? And that's terrible. That's not going to help the kids. It totally undercuts the other parent. And while it might feel good in the moment, it doesn't move anything forward. And for me, I remember being able to sit with each of my kids and say, you know, what was upsetting and what happened and how did you feel and what did you do and what do you wish you could have done and why didn't you do that and can we practice and role play for next time and sometimes especially my daughter would be like would you please get on the phone and tell daddy and I actually was able to say to her it's probably not going to go very well (laughs) you know And daddy's going to hear from you very differently than from me because daddy kind of angry at me, but let's talk. And then she'd be so, but he's going to yell at me. My ex was a real yeller. And I would 
take her through the same thing I take my clients through. I'd be like, okay, has daddy ever yelled at you before? Yes. So what happens when he yells at you? It's scary. Do you get hurt? Not really. Okay. And we'd have a whole plan for how to deal with it and with each of the kids. And so what it did was it gave them an ability to really articulate what was going on. So they were putting voice to it. They were developing emotional intelligence. What do I feel when this happens? What am I afraid of? What could I do? And so it brings us back to the beginning of the conversation. Every upset is a setup and everything that's difficult can help us raise emotionally intelligent, healthy kids who ultimately are going to be in romantic relationships. And we want to break these generational chains. We don't want them to end up in divorce or end up in high conflict situations. And so if you're the more ordered of the two parents, even if you're trauma, you have your own trauma, I would say, take it upon yourself that it is your responsibility to be the leader and to be the change for your for your family, for your kids, for your grandkids going forward. Amen. Amen. That is the truth. That is such a great lesson. I'm so thankful that you talked about that. I'm so thankful that you showed how to not put you, everything that you said did not put that other parent down. And I'm all into this too, Karen, if there are people listening who have sat and talked to their kids bad about their ex-spouse, give yourself a little hug, embrace yourself, give yourself that empathy. I am so into that because it's okay. Of course, that's normal. But you can also go back and change that. You can change how you do it moving forward. You're not going to run out of time. Even if your kids are grown, you can start showing them now how to behave, how to not talk poorly about the other parent. It's never too late. And for me, so my son just turned 27 this past week. My daughter will be 25 at the end of the year. Now, like things will happen and they come back to me with my words and my wisdom when I'm struggling, when I'm in a a tough position. And I'm like, that is so cool. And so even one parent, I completely believe that even one healthy child-centric parent can make an enormous difference in how the children are. Yay. I love that. And I think that's going to ease a lot of the listeners' minds. So that's probably maybe one of the most important things that we've said today. I can send you an article. I'll put it in my show notes. So we have one or two blog posts that just talk about just the logistical complexity of co-parenting. I had a girl and a boy. They were both in sports. There was always a sport item at the other house when we had no time and everyone was stressed and we were supposed to run to the pizzeria to grab a slice of pizza, but we have to divert to daddy's house because, or my daughter would get dressed in the morning and her her favorite shoes for the outfit she was wearing was at the other house, (laughs) or there's a history test tomorrow, but the history book is at the other house. I know that's less of an issue now than it was way back when my kids were in school, but there are all of these logistical things where it's helpful to have some, some basics for how do you handle these things? And when do you just buy two sets, ask the school for two sets of books, whatever it might be like, there's One of the things I would say is always ask, like for me, 
it was something I had to overcome. I was one of those people who was codependent. So I'm a great giver, not the best receiver. Yeah. Kind of like muscles. One muscle was really strong. The other one was very weak. And I would say, if you're a single parent, ask. I would have to ask people to take my daughter to soccer practice. She was on two travel teams. There just wasn't enough time in the day. If you feel embarrassment or shame, that's a trigger for you to look at. There's a story behind that. You want to clear that stuff up. So ask for what you need. Ask the school for what you need. Ask the team, the kids' parents for what you need. People actually really want to help most of the time. And it's great, especially if you're coming from a marriage where you didn't, weren't seen and heard. It's a beautiful thing to be vulnerable and authentic. And it's like, I'm in a jam. I just can't do these things. Could you watch my kids and I'll swap and do a babysitting for you? There's so many ways as co-parents, as single parents, where we really can build a village to help with the kids. Amen. And did you say there's a list of items that you have that you can send me? Did I hear you say that? Yeah, I have I have two articles on co-parenting. One is really those logistics. And then the other one is the more complicated. So I'll send both of those to you. I'm going to put them in my show notes. And I think that these are two really great guides for some of the challenges, regardless. One is for high conflict. One is for everybody. Oh, Karen, I so appreciate that. And I just want to let you know that I just decided this morning, I'm doing a free masterclass November 9th at 10 a.m. for anyone. And I'm going to, we're going to talk about co-parenting and the tools that can help us co-parent better. So I just want to put that out there. And I'm hoping that it is the first of many because I'm going to be using tools that I've gotten from you and from other experts, but also from my clients, from your listeners. I mean, send me a note if you want to participate or add information and I'll get something up on my website pretty quick so that you can sign up for that free webinar and try to record it. But I just think it's, it's just my calling. You know, I just want to, to help these kiddos through these difficult situations and you kind of help them by helping yourself becoming better, dealing with all the things that we talked about today. It was so, so good. Yeah. And I love that you're doing that. And I would say to all of our listeners, if you're struggling with co-parenting and you have a specific struggle, uh, reach out to Lisa and send her an email so that she can, she can see if she can add that into her masterclass. It would be a great way. I would love to hear it too. Like what are the struggles that you're facing that you, you're having a hard time overcoming? And let's see if we can add a little bit of wisdom and suggestions there. That would be fantastic. So just. For me, I love to summarize. We started with noticing triggers and, and that awareness is always the first step. Simply becoming aware does change things. And then everything we talked about was how you take the awareness and you take the next step. You choose who you want to be, how you want to show up, what the boundary is. Do you need boundary training? How important is it? Uh, do you really have to enter that fight? All of these things are are great guides for choosing when to engage and when not to engage. And the bottom line is there's times, there's times where you actually have to go back to court 
or to a parent coordinator or a mediator to work it out. And there are times I had a situation when my son really needed some medication for his ADD where I had to get other professionals involved because it was that important. And it's a good question to ask. It's a 12-step program. How important is it? And if it's not that important, let it go. Life is too short. And if it's that important, then you're picking and choosing well, and it'll serve your children. So, so true. You know, and I just want to add and maybe get a little bit of insight from you in these high conflict cases. For my clients, we do a really in-depth parenting plan. And I've got that online course that you mentioned in the beginning with this parenting plan. And in a way, it becomes a tool where they sit together and they put down how they're going to handle something, it can help with that boundary setting. If you put in that agreement, we're going to communicate every Sunday, then you can just say, you know, as we discussed in the parenting plan. So that's where I think that parenting plan can be extremely helpful for everyone too. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it, when, when you're going through the divorce and you're in the court system, the parallel parenting plan is very precise. It's very specific. It needs to be granular so that you have something. And often the recommendation is even if your heart wants to deviate and you want to be flexible, don't at certainly not in the beginning. Get that plan rock solid with a year or a couple of years under your belt because once you start deviating with a high conflict personality, yep. it can go off the rails very quickly. But it is, it's it's a legal document filled with boundaries. Exactly. Who's going to hold on to the passport? How much, if it's yes. your year to pick the vacations, yes. what is your deadline so that you can't hold my vacation hostage? Like all there's. So many nuances that I was in court for three and a half years. It was all about the kids, the parenting plan, the agreements. And the minute we stepped out, I looked at my plan and I'm like, how did we miss that? And how did we miss that? And how did we I, know. I was like, oh my God, years. And then as soon as you're in it, you're like, it's life. You're going to miss some of the details. But the more you give it thought now, and certainly if you haven't gotten to that point, keep a log of everything that's a struggle and go to your attorney or your mediator. And how do we add this element so that it's not a struggle? I mean, at the end of the day, if you have an agreement that just allows everyone to live more peacefully, the children are best off and everybody else is best off. Amen. I know. And when you're happy, your kids are happy, right? That's it. Divorcing parents, I want to do everything I can to help you through divorce. And I know it is scary to think about co-parenting, especially with a difficult co-parent. That is why I now have a free masterclass Please join me November 9th at 10 a.m. We are going to go through the five C's of parenting together after divorce, as well as getting some tools on how to work with even very difficult co-parents. I'm so excited to have Tammy Wallensack join me to talk about your home after divorce because it's a little bit related to your kiddos. So join me November 9th at 10 a.m., you can find the sign up in my show notes or go to lisakoski.com. I'm here for you and I really want to help you parent well 
after divorce and beyond. Well, this was a great conversation, Lisa. I loved it. I enjoyed it so much. I'm so glad that we did it this way. Yeah, I would love for you to take a minute, talk a little bit more about that parenting plan and send me some information on the masterclass. I'd like to have that in the show notes as well. But the parenting plan program, can you just elaborate a little bit on that? I would be happy to elaborate. What it is, it's a course for clients who aren't sitting together with me. And I try to give them everything I do when I sit with a couple. And it's just less expensive, right? So they can use it and they can bring it to their attorney and say, you know what? We've done this already. So we're good here. We've got our parenting plan. That's usually the first thing that couples are concerned about when they're getting divorced. So I do talk through tools. And here's the interesting thing. People will come back and say, oh, you know, what about this? Or they'll let me know, well, we have an issue with this. And I'll just go into that parenting plan that I have online and I'll add a paragraph. So what this course does is it helps you a little bit with communicating, with getting your mindset right, helping yourself. And then it walks you through the parenting plan. So you will have the parenting plan. It shows you, it has the schedule. It's a little box because that's that's easier and people can fill out how they want to do their schedule. And then it deals with all the holiday schedules. It deals with what about when you have a significant other? How do you want to introduce them? So it tries to go through everything that you may not think about. But like you said, there are always going to be things that pop up and let me know if there are, because I want to at least put that. So you make it your own, but you have all this information and you have the form that you need. I love that. Oh, I, absolutely I love it too. Love and I'm that. so yeah. excited about it. I'm really yeah, excited. And I'd about like, it. I'd like to put a link someplace on our website or something for that because I think that that's, oh, something I would I, love if you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll chat about that because I think we definitely need to do that. We need something in that area. So how can my listeners find you? LisaKoski.com. And I have my podcast, Doing Divorce Different, which you're going to be on again, too, which is awesome. But that's fun. I'm on Instagram, Kosky Law. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. So you can find me anywhere. And I'll you have all those connections. But now tell me, for my listeners, Karen, how can they find you? I'm Journey Beyond Divorce. So we've got the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. We've got the journeybeyonddivorce.com website. Uh, we have a free gift, which is a relationship health quiz, which Ooh. is great if you're thinking about getting a divorce, if you're in the middle of it, if you're beginning to date post-divorce. So this really yeah. is just like, I think it's either 10 or 12 questions, which really hones in on what is the level of health in the romantic relationship you're currently Ooh. in. So you you can go to journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash relationship health quiz, and I'll send that link to you as well so that you can put it in your show notes. Perfect. We will have it there. And I also have that freebie for you, yes. that ebook that talks about how to prepare for a divorce. So that'll go really well with your freebie. It talks a little bit about the parenting plan and it talks about the house, which we didn't talk about at all today, but that's a big issue right now with the high interest rates and keeping the house. So all that is all those good, you know, all that information is in there. Perfect. So for my listeners, check out Lisa's 
podcast, Doing Divorce Differently. I've been listening. She's got some amazing guests on there. Um, and definitely check out her How to Prepare ebook, which you can find in the show notes. And this has been such a great conversation, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me back on your show, you coming on mine. And I think we've just done double for our listeners. Oh my gosh. I am so appreciative of this. I'm so thankful that you reached out to me. And I think this is going to be amazing. And it is, I'm hoping going to help people. And I'm looking forward to hearing from your listeners and my listeners, if they have something they're struggling about so that I can chat about it on that masterclass. And what's the best way for them to reach out to you if they do? If you they're know, listening I think right it, now. Yeah. Go to lisakoski.com. You can sign up for a free consultation. I always give those. You can sign up for my newsletter. You can just connect with me at lisa at lisakoski.com and it's L-E-S-A. So that's a little bit different. And you can find all of that in our show notes. Thank you so much for joining me. We will be back real soon with another episode of both Journey Beyond Divorce and Doing Divorce Different. And I have to say too, for my listeners, your podcast is amazing. It's one of that's really grown, Journey Beyond Divorce. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much. Until next time. Take good care. Dear listeners, if you want to help your children succeed through a divorce and learn how to co-parent well, please join me on November 9th at 10 a.m. Central Time. You can click on my lisakoski.com, go to my online courses and check out my free co-parenting masterclass. We are going to go through what your kids go through during divorce how to tell your children you're getting divorced, and how to co-parent well, even with a difficult co-parent. As an added bonus, Tammy Wallensack is going to join us to talk about what to do with the family home. Please join us. It's free, and I want to help you help your children survive through divorce and beyond. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.